Hello and welcome to another episode of the Live Immediately podcast with Mike Campbell. Thank you so much for listening. This is where I have conversations with people who are living life on their own terms. We dive into those big moments that have pushed them through the fears and self-limiting beliefs that hold so many of us back. Now, if you are a new listener to the podcast, welcome. And if you've listened many times before, welcome back and thank you for listening. I really, really do mean that. If you have enjoyed the podcast, could I ask two things of you? The first is to leave a rating and a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast. It helps in many ways. And the second is to tell someone about the podcast. You might tag them in a comment on Facebook or Instagram or send them a link. But if there's an episode that you listen to and you think it could help someone you know, then please pass it on. It is why I create each episode, to share stories that can help people do more of the things they love with people they love. So if there is one that you think can really help someone you know, then please let them know. Why not pay it forward? But on to today's episode, and I'll start by saying there is so much in this episode, and some of the topics might be a little left of center. But then on the other hand, who wants to live in the middle anyway? So often you can feel stuck in the overwhelm of life, feeling like you don't have any option to change your situation. In this episode, I talk with a wonderful woman, Amanda Lee, about the power of intention and getting clear on what you want that is coming from your heart. Listening to your heart and not your head is a recurring theme in this episode. Amanda and I discuss how many of our decisions are based in fear, the need for fulfillment and purpose, cutting the struggle, creating space and meaningful alignment. Amanda also talks about five key steps to getting in the flow, and she uses the acronym Life Raft. Life. See life in a new picture. Recognize that everything, including you, is just energy, and that you have the ability to work with this in a very powerful way. R. Reveal your real choices. Get clear on what you really want, coming from your heart and not your head. A. Align yourself energetically with what it is you choose. This includes your thoughts, words, and actions. F. Free the flow. Remove the blocks within you that are holding you back and stopping you from being in the flow. T. Trust. Deliberately and systematically build your own trust about living in the flow. Become your own laboratory and your own evidence. This is a long episode as both Amanda and I go off on some tangents, but there are some great thought-provoking gems along the way that I know you will love. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Amanda Lee. Hi, Amanda. How are you today? Hey, Mike. I'm great. Thanks. How are you? I'm super well, super well. And I'm so thankful that you're on the, the podcast here today. And it's, uh, it's really interesting because up until about a week ago, we didn't really know of each other. And even though that mm. our passions and our, our work is quite similar and we live relatively close to each other, um, but I am super happy and glad that our paths have crossed as I really do love the work that you're doing by helping parents live with ease so that they can be successful and happy at the same time, but more importantly, that they can empower their children 
to be the same. And I think that's something that you and I really have in common, that as much mm. as we kind of speak to parents, it's it's the children that that rippling effect kind of gets to that really lights both of us up inside. Yeah, exactly. And and at the end of the day, they're our future <laughs> and the planet's future. So, And I know from myself, if, if I'd had even a snippet of the you know knowledge and and insight back as a child as a teenager that I do now things would have been so much different and so much easier yeah completely navigating through life yeah completely agree I I always say that if we can raise kids with smiles on their faces then everything else is taken care of Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But yeah. b- before we get kind of stuck into all of that and we help everyone listening with some strategies to cultivate that ease in their life, can mm-hmm. you give everyone a bit of a bit of the background story to Amanda Lee? Oh, okay. So, um, well, I come from uh, pretty much a science background and um, let me think where I jump in. Pretty much I... This story begins really when I came out of HSC, having been a really good little student all the way through school, knew exactly what I wanted to do at university, got into science at Melbourne University, everything was laid out. And then I made a big decision based in fear, which I'd love to loop back to as we go through this, because that's the, that's the thing that really holds us, you know, so many of us stuck. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, my fear was that if I went to university and did what I really wanted to do, I wasn't going to have enough money. So instead, I chose to go into nursing, which I never wanted to do at all. But as going through training in the hospitals, then we got paid for it. So I went into nursing for the money. And I don't know if you've noticed, but that's what so many people, you know, are driven by today is the fear of not having enough and Mm -hmm. being driven by, you know, the need, apparent need for money. Well, the, also the very real need for money. So um, that's where I first of all took the uh, difficult path in the road. Um, I won't go into the details of that, but I do in, in other stories that I tell. Went through um, nursing, pretty much was unhappy the whole way through it, but I felt like, oh, I had this fear, I've gone into it, I've, I don't know how I'm going to get myself out of it, I'm stuck. Finally, after going through the whole training and everything else, six years later, I thought, okay, I'm going to start again. I got the courage <laughs> up to, <laughs> to leave that and thought, no, I'm going to go back to university. And then all the good advice started coming out again saying, oh, look, if you just go and do a straight science degree, you know, you're not going to get paid much. There's not much money. In it. Oh. And all the fear stuff started coming up again. So once again, I chose... I went off and did an applied science degree in, in scientific photography and that was that was good and I did well and and got a good career out of it, but it still wasn't really what I wanted to be doing. And once again, I'd chosen out of fear. Mm. And and when you do choose out of fear, what I've come to realise, you know, very clearly is that not only does it not make you happy, but you don't usually end up you usually end up heading exactly towards the things that you're trying to avoid you actually start creating the things in your life that you fear. Mm. So um, so that was my two major fear-based decisions. And from there, I went on and stayed in that career in um, forensic and medical photography for, oh, I'd been in it for about 18 years. And 
I was doing well at it. I had this unique business of my own that was running clinics all around the country. It was helping people with early detection of melanoma. So it was successful and worthwhile and I was making good income from it. And um, I was married with a supportive husband. And then when the kids came along, I sort of tried to cut that business back a bit and I succeeded. And so I actually had it all set up pretty well where I was working part-time from home. I was spending most of my time with the children. I had had it all going, but there was this thing where I just felt that every minute that I spent in that business, especially with the children now in, in my life, was actually killing my soul. And I really felt like I'd sort of created this prison for myself, feeling like I used to say to myself, look, just be grateful that everything else is all right and look you you know you've stuffed up twice with your career what else do you expect this is pretty good considering and just you know basically you know you're stuck and just put up with it but when so, you but when you look at that though like you had a, a job where you were helping people you know you were detecting melanoma uh it was, was helping to well, yeah. helping to, yeah. <laughs> yeah you um, were able to kind of cut back so you could spend more time with your family. You were successful mm -hmm. in it. Do you know what? From the outside, that kind of looks like something that a lot of people would be quite happy with. Mm -hmm. So, so for, you, you kind of said there that you would you described it as a, a self created prison. Like, you know, kind of what what did you what do you mean by that? And can you take me back to that moment when you first came to that realization? Hmm. I think it was it was there from very early on and I used to oh it used I just knew that I wasn't doing what I was really capable of or what I really loved to do and I wasn't feeling fulfilled by it it wasn't stimulating anymore um it wasn't creative it just it just basically wasn't you know the right thing for me whereas it would have been quite fine for you know horses for courses and so, yeah, pretty much all the way through, um, I think I felt like that. And the self-created prison thing was that I didn't see any how I could get out of it. I didn't see that I had any options. And that's one of the things that I get a real buzz out of um, helping people to see nowadays, how there are, there are options there that they don't even know are available to them. So... Um, yeah, and w when when I sort of, as I said, I was going along just saying, look, just be grateful. But when you're doing that and you're trying to deny what is really coming from your heart and the way that you really want to live, it does sort of set you up to be living at this lower level of happiness and, you know, content lesser contentment. And so as part of that, and particularly um, when way back when I was in about 30 and I found out my father was about to die from... Um, cancer I quickly got myself into doing meditation and learning Tibetan Buddhism and and you know the philosophy mm. and the way of living I'm not, I'm not a Buddhist but I started following all that and that was absolutely amazing but it was still just the thing of saying look this is just going to help you um, deal with things the way they are not feeling like you could actually change them it was almost like it, it was helping me just to put up with and be content and make lemonade out of lemons, I guess mm. is the best sort of summary of it. So for you then, what was, what was that turning point? And what was like one of the, the first changes that you made in your life? Mm. Okay. So 
when it was really getting to the point where I thought, oh, man, this is seriously killing my soul when the kids were, um, uh, I think they were like four and one or something like that, um, I had gone to seek every kind of advice to get myself out of this conundrum of, look, I need to earn money. My husband was older than me. I knew that the whole financial thing would be on my shoulders in the future, but I didn't want that career at the time, but I saw it was the only way I could, um, you know, earn money. So I went to everything from financial advisors to careers advisors to business advisors, spiritual advisors, psychologists, you name it, all the experts to say, look, here's my conundrum. How do I get out of it? And that was all the normal avenues. No joy out of that going along. And then one day I came across a book that just started talking about some of the stuff that I immerse myself in nowadays and teach to other people about this whole thing of of, um, power of intention and getting clear on what you actually want that's coming from your heart and the fact that all we are, all everything in the whole universe is, is energy and when we know how to work with that and align with that, we can make changes in our lives that we otherwise previously thought were impossible and actually do it with ease, not, you know, forcing yourself or struggling or trying to work out how it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I picked up that book. I did this process called um, The Passion Test, which is um, created by Janet and Chris Atwood in the States. And what that does is it's the, basically the first step, which I'd like to take people through a, a snippet of that in, in a little while, if you like. Um, it's one of the first steps in um, working towards this thing of um, changing your life in a way that you change it with ease so that you can live with ease. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically looking at what really is coming from your heart, not your head, um, and what you really would do and would like to do if you weren't scared and you weren't feeling like you were um, you know, constrained in any way, I guess. And it's 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 funny, and we might kind of talk about this a little bit later. But I I guess what I was going to say was, you know, kind of listening to your heart and not your head, and that whole you know what would you do if you weren't scared? It it, it sounds so easy, but I know that that is that is a lot harder, you know, to take that those steps for people because there are there are all of those other things that we think about, you know, whether, you know, we need that money because that money is going to be buying these other things. And I guess that could kind of be a lead into, well, what are those things that we really do need? And that's something that I guess people listening to this podcast, it won't be anything new to them, but that whole notion of, you know, living more with less and, and minimalism and kind of really aligning yourself with what is it that you really need? Because I've, I've found for me that once I go, you know, what, I, I probably don't need that. I've lived so long without it. It's just mm-hmm. the latest shiny thing where the old shiny thing that I still have still works. Then all of a sudden, the, it kind of does free up a little bit of mm-hmm. the financial strain. I'd, I'd love for you to kind of talk, talk about that a little bit. Yeah, well, the way I see it, yeah, absolutely it does. And, the, yeah, the way I see it is when you start to go into that minimalist lifestyle and, and slow down or whatever, it certainly does do that thing of creating space, both both um, physically and mentally and financially and, and you know, basically in every level. And um, would you agree that when you do, it 
it really sort of allows you to be more present and just to sort of be. Uh, 100%. And I think too that when you talk there about creating space, there is such a link between the three that you, you mentioned there, that, that mm-hmm. physical space, that mental space, and, and also that financial space. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not one to kind of be hung up about money. You know, you talk, mm-hmm. you, you spoke earlier about always kind of striving for money and climbing that corporate ladder. And, and it's something, hey, it's something that I did. You know, I tried to, to yep. climb and climb and climb till you mm-hmm. get to that point and you realize, hey, I'm, I've, I've kind of reached that point that everyone's talking about. And uh, I don't know, the view was not as pretty as I thought it might have been from up here. And then you start mm. to kind of go, you, you realize that there's no arrival in a sense. Like um, Stephen Covey used to say, um, careful you don't climb the um, ladder that's leaning against the wrong wall. Very true. Yeah. But like within that though, you know, we were kind of going on a bit of a tangent there, but like how do you find, how do you know what the right wall is? Well, I believe that it, it is when you allow yourself to just stop and really tap into what is coming from your heart that's not fear based. But one of the things that I was going to say about this whole um, uh, minimalist thing and, and, you know, going for less, not more and everything else, certainly it allows you to be in the present. And then what what I believe is then it is allowing you, by being more present and being more in the, in the now, what we then do is tap into our true essence, which is this energy, which is, you know, by far the greatest part of us, part of us whatever you want to call it. You know, some people, the scientists call it the unified field. Um, some people call it divine creative essence. Some people call it God. You know, whatever you want to call it, we have this non-physical part of us, um, which is all that contentment and ease and everything else we we aspire to have. Um, and when we slow down, we can tap into that more easily and naturally and then that causes the positive cycle and then it's like we're less grasping at the money, we're less needing to keep up with the Joneses and everything else and the positive cycle continues. But um, on the flip side, there's the negative cycle, which I call the overwhelm effect and I'm partway through writing a book of that title, where when we're not connected with that greater part of us, um, we are basically feeling like we're you know left out at sea all alone disconnected and that's when we start going for the external fixes Mm. whatever they might be the more doing the more consuming get keeping busy getting on social media alcohol drugs whatever and so it's sort of not something that we i think we need to condemn ourselves for it's almost like it's a a natural thing in this busy world that that's what we're going to go and start doing if we don't have that connection that we so need. And um, so where I come at it from is is basically not saying to people, hey, look, you've just got to go and cut back and <laughs> not need so much money and cut your social media and everything else. It's simple and then you'll be living with ease because that's not going to happen for a lot of people, I think. Mm. And so instead, come at it the other way around and start um, creating a bit of, space by creating that connection um, getting them linked up to that bigger part of themselves as a part of daily living and then from there what I've noticed is when I work with people is that that um, feeling like you were talking about that obviously you know came to you a few years ago of wanting to uh, let go of the the struggle 
that feeling naturally arises from there. So if you come about it that way, that's the way that the solution is coming with ease as well as the, you know, um, being able to live with ease ultimately. And and you speak about this this living with ease. What mm-hmm. do, what does that look like for you? And and I'm I'm sure it might look differently to different to every everyone. But what 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 is what is that in your world? Well, to me, living with ease um, doesn't actually mean that everything's always easy. That's a mm. that's a misnomer that I want to uh, get across straight up. Um, but it's also not something that you just suddenly arrive at and you're living with ease and then everything's easy it's actually something that you can start doing right here right now whatever's happening in your life whatever challenges and um, go from there so that's a a big part of it but to me um, living with ease is basically cutting the struggle in whatever way that struggle is whether it's a physical struggle a struggle with your thoughts or whatever else or struggling against what is and instead, um, what I call it is choosing to go with the flow. And I would love to, um, you know, take people on, if we've got time on this call, take people through some of those, well, actually all of the steps, the five steps for actually getting in the flow. Um, and to me, getting in the flow is basically recognising that all we are is energy and learning how to work with that in your everyday life and actually work with it instead of fighting against it. And um, and what happens then is that, um, okay, so there will always be challenges in life and we have to expect that. But as you start to live with more ease and, and use this whole power of intention to deliberately um, influence your external circumstances with the aim of making it easier, what happens is many things do actually become easier and then when you're confronted with the natural challenges of life, you actually go through those with ease as well. So it doesn't mean you necessarily like them, mm. <laughs> but it's not fighting against them and not adding not adding your extra challenges mm. on top of, you know, what life is. And, and you spoke there about, I guess, you know, living with ease is cutting off from certain struggles that we might have in our life. Mm-hmm. Do you find that a lot of our struggles are due to that we often live a way that we feel like we have to and and not a way that we want to? Yeah, absolutely. That's what I, I say to people. Let me let me show you how to live the way you want to, not the way you feel you have to. Um, and, you know, once again, I think it's from that thing that we are only seeing life as a tiny little sliver of the picture of what it really is. So we're living it with that limited vision and really believing that, we don't have the option to live the way we want to. Well, and I find too, like, you know, living the way that we want to, often it feels like we need to consistently choose between things in life. And I guess the career and family time is a big one. Like we're, we're racing out the door for school drop-off and then we're running to a meeting and then back again and we feel guilty mm-hmm. if we have the kids in after-school care and then we sit down mm-hmm. and we have dinner we speed read through a bedtime story so we can get back to a report that needs to be finished by a meeting the next day. And then at the end of the day, when we kind of finally rest our head, we lay in bed feeling like we're failing at both. Mm-hmm. Yep, 
Absolutely. That was the feeling I had um, too, even though I wasn't even, you know, nearly as overly busy as, as many people are today. I had that feeling exactly. And when I first did that um, passion test of getting uh, clear on what I wanted, one of my top five was, I remember clearly, was to go to bed every night feeling like I'd been a great mother that day. And that seemed like a big thing to aspire mm. to at the time. But literally within a few months of learning how to align with those things that were coming from my heart in practical ways, literally, I, I I think it would have been three, maybe six months, I'd look back at those things I aspired to and I think, wow, they're all totally present in my life. What was the big deal? It's it's like you, you can gradually just sort of or fairly quickly morph your life into the way you want it to be without the struggle by just aligning things on this different level it's it's literally like coming at things at a whole new at a whole new level mm-hmm. well we're we've spoken about them so do you want to kind of on that top level like mm-hmm. like let it you know kind of talk to everybody about about those five steps and 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 maybe some things that that people could could action or change or or look at differently in their own life at the moment mm, yeah that'd be great um so, we, yeah, what I wanted to say just when you were saying about, you know, jumping around from work to children to the fast story and everything else, um, one of the things that I love helping people with is this meaningful alignment. That's what actually the map of you stands for, meaningful alignment picture. Um, and, again, the way Stephen Covey describes it is um, meaningful alignment is instead of um, – having all these different compartments in your life like almost separate boxes on a piece of paper that you run around from one box to the other ticking, it's more like branches of a tree that are going to grow out of one uh, one core trunk. And so it's no longer something where you're jumping from one to the other. When you have them all meaningfully aligned, they literally do flow together in a way that you, before you do it, you sort of really can't believe how could that be possible. Mm-hmm if that makes sense. So um, so would you, did you want me to step through that, go through those steps? Now, I was just thinking about one other aspect that I forgot. I'll, I'll, t- I'll talk about that afterwards if that comes up, just this whole thing of how I actually got into the thing of trying, wanting to help people who were feeling overwhelmed. Well, let's go there now. Like what, why, sure. yeah, why was that? Like what was, what was that moment for you? Because when I, we sort of looping back to that original story, when I did get clear, um, what happens is when you get clear with what's coming from your heart, it's almost like life, the universe, whatever you want to call it, just starts lining the players up, making things easier and saying, oh, why didn't you tell me that? And all these things happen so that you very quickly, um, what I found myself was doing was selling my business against all odds, something I thought was never possible, Um, becoming a passion test facilitator, law of attraction coach, um, basically going down that whole complete um, wormhole and beginning to teach it to other people. And I was absolutely reveling and I thought, oh, I want to share this with so many people who are sort of running around like crazy, you know, like you were talking about before. No, look, there is a better way. And so I had this burning urge and I thought, right, I'm going to write this book called The Overwhelm Effect and that was in about about six years ago. And um, I 
so I thought, yep, I've got it all sorted. I've got this cracked. So I went off to this um, fairly sort of exclusive mastermind type event where there were only 12 of us in Vancouver, Canada, being instructed by people like Marcy Scheimoff, who wrote um, the New York Times bestseller, Love Happy for No Reason and Love for No Reason. Um, and I was there at this event learning to write the book, learning how to basically go about uh, creating a New York Times bestseller called The Overwhelm Effect. And I remember Marcy saying to me um, just towards the end, she said, oh, by the way, just be warned that whenever you basically put your hand up to the universe and say you're going to write a self-help book, um, you're going to be tested on every aspect of you know what you're writing about. And I thought, oh, that's a bit scary, but I thought, well, phew, you know, I might have various issues to solve myself, but at least I've cracked this one of overwhelm. So I very, you know, I was very cocky sitting there and feeling like, yep, yeah, no, I'm, I'm fine there. And I came home ready to write the book and literally within the next month or so, almost every aspect of my life imploded out of the blue. I'm, I, I don't know if you want me to tell you about any of that, but I was confronted with um, the potential to be completely overwhelmed in almost every aspect of my life at once. And if I didn't have what I now teach to people, um, if I didn't have it then, I'd hate to see how I would have been through that, how I would have even survived it. But as it is, I didn't just survive it. I thrived through it and, um, you know, now wouldn't be without the experience. And, um, yeah, I basically, that is, that was, I don't know, if, do you want me to tell you anything about it? But yeah, that was sure. an example of how living with ease doesn't always mean things are easy. Yeah. Um, the five steps, you know, that I want to share with people, just obviously just at a surface level today on the call, it will give them a glimpse of what I was working through in my mind every day and holding very firmly in my mind as far as navigating through life when I was confronted with a whole stacking of life events, which I hope will help people, um, you know, who are in difficult times right now. And I guess too, before we go into those five steps, like let's mm -hmm. let's kind of set the scene here, and we don't have to kind of analyze a particular person, but mm -hmm. you know, what what are some of the what are some of the normalities of people and and the way that they're living when they when they do kind of come to you for help? Mm -hmm. um, well, sometimes it's just what you're talking about before it's just a string of of events and too many things going on in life there's it's just being over busy um but often this this feeling of being overwhelmed doesn't come from the over busyness it might it often comes from the feeling of disempowerment of feeling like they're stuck or um being fearful and that they, it's just yeah disempowered to move any which way um or it might, often it will come from one element in their life, say their marriage breaking down or um, a boss causing them particular trouble, um, particularly bully situations, that type of thing. So it's either one or two major things or a whole string of smaller things. Okay, cool. And so, you know, from, from this top level, um, mm -hmm. 
what what are the, what are those five areas and then i guess too along the way if there are uh, exercises or strategies that people can put in place that it'd be um i'm all ears yeah okay all right so um so as i said before um you know getting in the flow is just learning how to align with that energy and cut the struggle so the first step straight up is to actually start just beginning to see that life is not the picture that we see it as um, that we perceive with our five senses and just start opening your mind up to the fact that the biggest part of you is just this non-physical energy as I said before that scientists call the unified field and that you can learn to work with that Um, and as part of that what um, I'm not sure if, if the people listening to this might want to contact me and I could share um, one of the main images that I've created to help people get this very quickly because I know that if, when you start going into this area, you can literally go down a self-help wormhole. Mm-hmm. And so what I did to help myself and help me survive through that difficult time and then share it quickly with others is to put some fairly deep and profound information about seeing life in this new way into pictures. And when you see those pictures, the penny drops very quickly. But just that first step, just start opening your mind to the fact that things are actually very different to how we perceive them and how we've been, most of us have been taught to see life growing up. Does that make, make sense so far? <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. And, and you know, obviously this is a – it could be a little bit left field for some people. Um, yeah. And, yeah. and I'm just going to say, hey, you've got to stick here with it. And maybe with that, yeah. if there's a way that I can kind of link to that in the show notes, um, that would be great. But so, so that, that first step is really, I guess, having an understanding or an open mind to mm-hmm. that the energy around us is our is, – is, I guess, bigger than – our physical being yeah and not just the energy around us the energy that we actually are and you know when you said it's out of left field um absolutely for a lot of people i i can imagine a lot of people that aren't familiar with this would be sitting there thinking oh god we're going into all this woo-woo stuff and that's what i'm actually passionate about because um imparting this to people in a way that is really down to earth and practical because um, you know, coming from a science background, I'm not into this whole blind faith thing or anything else. And what I get excited about is showing people how much um, scientific evidence there is out there nowadays, thousands of peer-reviewed um, articles about studies that have been done proving um, this this non-physical energy of ours is so much more powerful than, uh, you know, what what we're doing in our lives with our five senses so it's sort of like the spiritual traditions um, have been saying this for thousands of years and quantum physics um, is now proving it just over and over. Even, um, you know, you look at any, pick up any new scientist magazine nowadays and they're just publishing more and more on this. So um, what I usually say to people is uh, just keep an open mind, try it out for yourself, be your own laboratory and start seeing the evidence for yourself so there's no need for blind faith just just an openness and a willingness to trust and try it out for yourself and without going on a um another bigger tangent (laughs) is there a way to kind of control that energy or manipulate that energy or 
guide that energy? Yeah, I think not so much control uh, or manipulate because it's just there. It's always moving and expanding. But what we can do is work with it and allow it basically to flow through us. And I'm talking literally flowing through our physical bodies. And we do that um, by, well, I'll step you through it, but a lot of it is to do with our thoughts and um, creating the space in between our thoughts to allow this all to all to start you know, happening and the energy to expand through us. And I know as I'm talking, people who are not familiar with that will think, oh, man, that sounds like a whole lot of mumbo-jumbo. Um, but try it out for yourself. Done. All right. So are, are we are we on to step two or are we still on yeah. step one? Yeah, I think that's just a really, yep. really super quick, um, you know, uh, touch on it. So once you sort of open your mind up to that, then step two is to actually allow yourself to envisage what and reveal what is it that would be your real choice of how you'd be living your life. And you might want to choose it as an overall life thing or maybe there's one challenge or situation in your life that you're experiencing at the moment. Allow yourself just for a moment just to think, well, how would I choose it to be if I could choose from my heart, not my head, if I could let go of trying to work out how on earth was that going to happen, if I knew I couldn't fail, if I could do it without fear, and particularly if you allow yourself to let go of any shoulds or shouldn't, saying, oh, well, I shouldn't choose that or I should be doing this. If you really just let go of all that, what is, how would you choose your life to be or your life in a particular area to be? Okay. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if everyone wants to just do that just, you know, now as we're talking. Um, do you, do you, is something coming to mind for you there, Mike, when? Oh, it's, 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 it's the reason it's really interesting because it was, I was traveling down to Sydney uh, for my school reunion, my 20 year mm-hmm. school reunion the other day. And I was, you know, I had time on the train and I was kind of like just jotting a few things down about, you know, say like a, a not a, not a plan, but like talking about, you know, like five years or 10 years, just kind of having that time because we don't often find that time to actually think about this, like mm-hmm. think about where we want our life. And it was really interesting because for me, it's, it's not about, um, like I want this bigger house or that other car. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and at one point I was kind of I felt like I was writing down. I just kind of want what I have now, mm. in 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 the well, future. And yeah. and then I was starting to be like, well, but hold on, Mike. You still sometimes complain now. So is this exactly what you want? Or um, yeah, it's just really interesting. So I haven't. I don't have kind of anything that I could say hey blah this is what I was thinking but it was really mm-hmm. then I start to go well Mike maybe you're not thinking about it hard enough or when you said you know something that some things I complain about that's a really good point because sometimes the best way to get clear on what you do want is to look at what you are complaining about and flip it over so you're saying okay I'm complaining about this because this is what I don't want okay flip it over what is it I do want if you're allowing yourself to just go there without trying to work out the how. That's the really big mm. one. Drop the how. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. 
So, um, yep. Yeah, so after we've done that, we get really clear. And when I work with people, we, we cover every single area of their life through from, you know, career and finance through to spirituality and creativity and family and everything else, because it is a matter of getting all those things aligned. But, um, and just, yeah. just, just on that there, do you find mm-hmm. that, that sometimes there are certain areas of people's lives that they're like, Hey, this is, this is really great. But then there's that other area that's kind of mm-hmm. not getting the attention. Yep, absolutely. And that's one of the key things. It's wherever we put our attention, and that's a key part of this whole law of attraction thing too, wherever you put your attention expands. Mm. And so a lot of people when they do, where they first start coming up and revealing what it is that they really want in life, they're quite surprised that what they really want and where they've been putting their attention is two different things. Mm. And I think that goes back to, you know how we fill our lives with things that aren't really important or we feel that we're we're living in a particular way because that's the way we have to live and not the way that we want to live exactly and and focusing on a lot of people say oh but i have been putting a lot of attention on um you know trying to get more financially stable or i have been putting a lot of attention on uh my kids or whatever it is but often what we're doing is we're putting our attention on the negative aspects and trying to avoid what we don't want rather than uh, being being inspired to go for what we do want. Mm. And there's a really good saying um, that the pain pushes until the vision pulls. So this is this first step is really about just starting to open to a new vision so that you can start being inspired and pulled towards that vision instead of being pushed along by the pain. Yeah, no, I like that. So I'm ju- I'm just writing some notes here as well. So. Great. <laughs> cool. So we've we've we'll learn about understanding or being open minded to the energy. We're looking mm-hmm. at how, sorry, at, at, at looking at how we want life without, or ha- how how we want a certain situation without worrying about how we we get there. Yeah. So I call that. It's actually my the process of. so people can remember it easily I call it the life raft process so the first step is life looking at life differently second step is R reveal your real choice which we've just talked about briefly Um, and then the third step is A align with the feeling of that choice so instead of starting to work out the how and doing it going about the usual um, you know three-step method for achieving any goal and everything else which um you know, some people say is the method for setting yourself up for failure, and I totally believe that too. Instead of going on it, the working out how and the struggle route, align with the energy. And so, and this is one of the absolute keys of um, the law of attraction, which we um, could dive into more deeply another time, perhaps, or, or whatever. But um, so, how do we align with that feeling? If if people listening um, have, you know done what we were just talking about and come up with just one area where well yes that's what I'd really want what I do you want to go through a little exercise now most definitely okay so what I'd say to people if if they can if they're sitting and they're not driving if they can just close close your eyes and just allow yourself to imagine that that choice whatever it was is already present in your life it's there you don't have to work out how it got there you're experiencing it and just allow yourself to imagine it in the present tense and just really go into the whole feeling of it. Feel it, see it, 
smell it, touch it, use every sense to immerse yourself in that for a minute. And then as you do that, just sense what's the overall feeling that you get when you allow yourself to immerse yourself in that experience. And in particular, just sense what's the feeling in your body. Is it lightness or the feeling of bubbliness or some sort of physical sensation? So you'll have a feeling and a physical sensation. And if you don't, that's fine too, particularly people who are not used to doing this sort of thing. And like so, on that, is, is, mm-hmm. is there a practice element to it where it's, you know, this is something that you, you know, if it is new for people mm-hmm. and, and they're kind of, you know, do they need to, is it a daily practice? Is it like a meditation or is it, you know, kind of once you go through the process, like what, what, mm-hmm. what is that for people? One. Once they go through the whole uh, set of pro- set of steps, you mean it, ongoing from there? Is that? Was oh, that well, well, just this kind of that that feeling of 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 having something that's potentially in the future and bringing it mm-hmm. to the present and, and and sitting with that feeling like that mm-hmm. like that exercise in itself mm-hmm. is a is is new and different or could be new and different for many people. Mm-hmm. So, is that something that they need to continuously do? that practice or is or is that kind of like that that once off or, or am I kind of jumping the gun here a little bit no no that's no that's a good question and it is just basically something like anything else it's a new skill and it's just something you practice and what I'm really keen on um, teaching people is to bring this whole new awareness and this practice into everyday living so it's not a thing of or you do something separate in the morning or you do a meditation in the morning and then the rest of the day you go about living your life the same old default way it's like a matter of bringing this new awareness and practice into every minute, every hour of the day as you're going along. Mm-hmm. And and the you know the um, visualizing and all that sort of um, thing is really new for people. And if it's not coming easily, then um, don't struggle with it. Just just set the intention that you're going to try it out and practice it. And you know everything needs to the solution to no struggle needs to be without struggle so any step of the way where you're feeling like you're struggling um then that's not not the way to be going if that makes sense Mm -hmm. did that answer the question yeah no most definitely most definitely (laughs) yeah so did you come up with a feeling or Uh, it's yeah well it's for me i I don't really i'm not it's it's for me, I'm not kind of thinking of one particular thing um, mm-hmm. as as I'm kind of going through this. Yes, it's it, it's it's more of a of of a a way I want my family, or not not a mm-hmm. way I want my family. Kind of the way that we are, you know, where we get to spend time with my daughter, and we get to kind of still do some creative stuff, and mm-hmm. we're out helping people and and kind of building a community and those kinds of things Mm -hmm. um and for me like when i think of that um like it it's this it's this lightness and this this Mm -hmm. joy do you know what i mean it's this excitingness um that 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 i i love to kind of be able to step in towards Mm -hmm. and and so and those words are you know just so common of what people come come up with that feeling of lightness i know that's certainly one of my core navigating um feelings that 
um, I align with and that's what I teach people to do. So what I say from here is, okay, you've come up with what you really want. Now drop the how. Um, stop trying to work out how you're going to struggle towards it. Let go of the attachment of you feeling like you have to be the general manager of the universe and, and saying this is exactly how it has to turn out turn out and instead align yourself with the feeling of it. And basically it's a matter of you have to be it to see it. So if we want something in the future, whether it's you know, whatever it is that's going to give us this feeling of lightness, we need to be bringing that feeling of lightness into our lives every day as much as we can and when that feeling of lightness isn't there, we need to know how to deliberately cultivate it both for ourselves and bring it to other people. So um, one, of the, one of the things that uh, – one of the ways that people can, you know, start using that straight away is if they have come up with that feeling is just as you go through your day, just be aware of when it's there and when it isn't. And if you're – faced with a, a choice or an opportunity or you know something where you can choose one way or the other just tap into it and think okay if I did that is that going to bring me allow me to do it in more lightness or is the other choice going to be lighter right now in the moment not not oh well if I do that then sometime in the future I'm going to get the feeling of lightness but actually doing it with that feeling right now in the present moment yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I, I can see that. So instead of beelining towards something in the future, we're actually being that energy now. Mm -hmm. And what happens when you do do that, that is when the magic, if you like to call it that, starts to happen because whatever energy feeling that you're resonating at, that's when you start attracting things, people, circumstances of the same energy to you. And that's space, that's that's the law of attraction and... Um, yeah, when you start, <laughs> when you start doing it, look out for the most amazing things to happen. That reminds me. There's um, on my website. There's a really good um, story that of mine that's in Chicken Soup for the Soul. I don't know if you've seen it, Mike, but it's the most extraordinary story that something that occurred for my son because he's grown up knowing about this whole thing of you know you need to be it to see it, let go of the attachment, get clear, all this stuff. And kids just pick it up so much more easily and naturally than than us adults. So if anyone wants to um, find out more about that and get a feel for it, they can just go to my website and see the Chicken Soup for the Soul story. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll link to that in the show notes. But I, I have um I have watched that video. It's quite quite interesting. Very interesting, in fact. And it, it's extraordinary. But the thing is, once you start um, learning to live this way, the extraordinary becomes much more the norm for you and that's where things do start to become easier and i guess you know i guess on that because I, I i know the story is is there parts of that you know how people go oh isn't it funny that such and such happened or i was just thinking about such and such mm. and then and then mm. this happened um or oh, you wouldn't believe about all of these crazy circumstances that kind of happened to me but i mm. guess that's where you're coming from it was like well no they're not crazy you were kind of putting it out there and then those things kind of came back yeah, exactly. And we think that's strange, but that's actually just natural and that's the way we should be living. But the problem is that we just get in the way of it. And most people can notice, they they really know that there are times that they can identify with when they really did feel in the flow where 
things, you know, you're taking action and you're doing things, but it's all just flowing easily and, and those things are just, you know, landing on your plate. And there are other times when you feel like you're out there fighting against the current every step of the way. And everyone always says, oh, yeah, yeah, I know exactly the difference. I, I can tell you. But they don't know how to deliberately get back into the flow. And I feel like with the pace of life nowadays, more and more people are getting stuck out in that in out in the current in the rough waves as I call it, um, not knowing how to get back. And because things are so fast moving and busy, it's not happening so much by default, by accident anymore, that people are getting back into the into the flow of where things are happening easily. So I think we need to be more deliberate about it and and um, you know, harness this way of living that we have available to us. Which, um, yeah, sorry, go on. No, I was just going to say, so we're, you know, we've ha- we're harnessing that, I guess, that that attraction. And so then what is, what's F? Yeah, so um, that's the next step because I was saying, you know, it's the natural way of being if we don't get in the way. And then F is free the flow through ourselves. So the only thing that's stopping us from being in the flow ultimately is blocking the flow of energy through ourselves and the only thing that blocks that is our fear-based programming whether it's um you know programming from our upbringing something that's happened more recently um even with epigenetics you know they they've shown nowadays that um, we have cellular uh programming that goes back at least six generations where you know something might have happened to your great 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 grandmother um, that caused her to have some kind of fear-based programming occurring there and you've got it in you. So, you know, when you want to change something in the life and as much as consciously you want to do it, you just keep doing the same mm. old thing and sabotaging yourself. Yeah, and because I, I think so, I always feel that there's an element of ease that comes with not changing. Exactly, yep, yep that's apparently on the surface the easiest path mm. but ultimately it's the one that uh keeps us stuck it's it's one of my favorite mentors um sue mortar says yes it's easier because you put up you you stay in you're safe inside the box but that's where you stay you're trapped inside the box and you're stuck so once we yeah have the scaffolding in place i guess to allow us to be brave enough to look at that. And, um, you know, the first first uh, few steps we've just been through does that, uh, can do that for us. Then we can start to be brave to say, okay, now I'm going to look at this box that's keeping me stuck and, um, you know, break free from it. And so really that just, the first few steps highlight where we are getting in, getting in our own way and the old habitual patterns that are holding us back. So by doing that, allowing yourself to really think, well, what would I really want? That illuminates exactly where you're limiting yourself. So instead of sort of, do you know, in a lot of, um, especially in spiritual traditions, they say desire is a bad thing. And, you know, even talking in this whole minimalist thing, slowing down and everything, it's, it's like desire gets a bad rap. Mm-hmm. And um, the way I look at it is, it's not it's not the desire itself that's bad. With you know, if someone wants their sports car or whatever, it's not the desire that's bad. It's the underlying reason 
oh, not even bad. It's the underlying. Um, it's the underlying reason that they want it that causes problems, and then how they go about um, heading towards it that causes the problems. So, so by allowing ourselves to just be open and honest and say, well, what is it I really desire, whether it's a peaceful life in the country or a, or a new car, don't, not condemning yourself for that, but really just looking at what's the underlying reason that I want it, mm. then align with that energy and see where that takes you. And then that, that's all about kind of freeing that space for that energy to flow. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. yep. And then... Um, and then the last step is T for trust. And that's where I say you need to build your trust in what we've just been talking about, build your trust in this process of living, of basically navigating by a whole new set of um, coordinates, if you like. And, you know, when you were saying, is that something they've got to keep doing or whatever, what I say to people on a daily basis is just write it down if you can um, start building your own evidence of where you took this path as opposed to the default path and see how things turn out for you. Um, and also building your trust through what I call, it's just a word I came up with, it's, I call it spirit intelligence. It's basically building your trust through um, spiritual type processes. Um, you, and when I say your trust, your trust in this non-physical part of you, the greater part of you, um, start a meditation practice, uh, try yoga, tai chi, whatever it is for you, even just something as simple as making it an absolute habit to sit in nature quietly for five or ten minutes a day, if that's all you can manage to start with, um, just really making an effort to build that spiritual connection, that, ele that element in your life that connects you to this um, bigger part of you. Yeah, and so like when you talk about like these these five steps, and and I'm mm -hmm. definitely going to be listening back to this and kind of spending mm -hmm. the time, um, and like pausing and and kind of writing things down. But when we talk about going with, if there are two options, going with the one that that makes you feel in that particular way. Mm -hmm. What what about if we're talking about some really big life changes here for people mm -hmm. that where you know it's it it might not be as easy to kind of be able to kind of make that change? Are there yeah. are there kind of like little steps people can make to those big changes, or is it like you know what if you want to make that change, then you just need to make the change, or or is that where the whole kind of fear based elements come back into it? So so if it's what. If it's a big life change, what what would be an example that you've got in your mind? Say? I, I, let's say someone is, you know, what they've gone down the path. They've they've got this job that they don't really love. Uh, mm -hmm. They're working for a company they may not love. However, they're the only breadwinner, um, and so just leaving that and kind of doing something that they that mm -hmm. they want to love because they've asked that question. Hey, if money wasn't the issue, what would I be doing? Mm -hmm. um, but then the money not being there obviously creates an issue because they've got a, a, a family to, to yeah. look after and bills and all those kinds of things. Yeah. So for some people doing a thing of going out and you know, metaphorically jumping off the cliff and just making the big change straight away out there, that's the way for them. Um, for other people going much more slowly at it, and, and I'm definitely in the second category, I think most people are, um, is the way to go. It's a bit more like 
turning turning a ship. You know, you don't suddenly do the U-turn. It's just gradually, gradually. And the way you do that is by each step of the way aligning with the energy, the feeling in your body of what it would be like if you had taken that big leap and moved into what it is that you really want. So, for example, say someone is in a job that they don't, you know, they really want to get out of, but it's feeding the family at the moment. And if they, let's just say, if they got out of that, then they would have that feeling of lightness and they would have that feeling of, let's just say, peace and peace of mind. Um, What they need to do from that point forward is say, okay, each step of the way, each day in my life, how can I cultivate that peace right from the moment that I wake up How can I bring that peace into my mind, into my interactions with other people? Um, How can I bring in that lightness? And a really, really big one that I'm glad we just got to just now is, is sometimes I'm sure people listening would say, well, yeah, that's all very fine, but sometimes things are in a way that there is no way I can bring peace, there's no way I can feel peace, and there's no way I can feel lightness. And I'm sure you relate to that because I certainly do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and in that, those moments is where we really need to just bring in that self-compassion and say, okay, this is the way it is. This is the way I'm feeling right now. And actually just allow that to be as it is without trying to push away whatever feeling it is, is that we have, without trying to blame it on someone else, without trying to blame it on the job or whatever else, just say, Okay, so right now in this moment, I don't feel peaceful. I have anxiety. I'm angry at the boss, whatever it is, and just accept that actually that's just another form of energy flowing through you in the same way that joy flows through you. And it will pass. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, and that's really the core of this whole self-love thing and really starting to align at a really deep level with everything that we've spoken Mm. about. Well, Amanda, I am very mindful of your time, but I've I've got two questions um, mm-hmm. that are, before we go. And you talk about um, how safe never starts and perfect never finishes, which which I love and I completely agree with. And like I guess within your work, what are some of the the common invisible barriers that people believe are in front of them, and what are you know, I guess we kind of spoke about some of the techniques there, but some of the ways to overcome those. Um, I think the key, key way to overcome those is to, well, to, yeah, both of them actually, is to really start a regular meditation practice. Um, this, This is just what springs to mind as you ask that. Um, apart from everything, you know, the steps that we've just gone, gone through now, um really the underpinning of it all is that thing of connecting to something greater than yourself which just as a matter of course begins to take away that um that fear and ultimately you know the perfect the perfectionism thing is also at the same time coming from fear so when we tap into something greater and we start to getting that start getting that uh natural confidence flowing through us the fear tends to drop away. And obviously it's a work in progress for everyone. Um, I know it is for myself, but more and more that fear drops away as you 
one of the analogies I like to use is if you think about fear as the darkness, you don't push it away. You, if you walk into a dark room, you come in and you turn on the light and um, the lightness, the dark automatically disappears. Mm. And uh, that's the way I see um, what happens when we tap into that bigger part of ourselves, whether it's through meditation or just sitting quietly in nature or whatever, um, you know, fits with with people and their lifestyle. And, and that's one of the things that I love to help people with to set something up that's actually doable for them. It's, it's interesting there that you talk about fear being that, that dark room and you just turn mm-hmm. the light on. What, what I found, like when we kind of, you know, jumped off the cliff and, and changed our life and tried to mm-hmm. figure out how we, we would pack everything up and, and go traveling as a family for a year, there were so many fear-based questions for us. And what, what I did was try to bring those fear-based questions, which are always potential things that might happen in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's an acronym which is like fear stands for false evidence appearing real. And and so yeah. I, I asked that question, well, what's the worst that could happen? I brought them from the future in and wrote down all of the things that potentially could happen on one side of the paper and on the other side, well, if those things did happen, how would mm-hmm. I how would I deal with them? So now I had these solutions for these fear-based questions and none of them came true <laughs> and, and it wasn't wasn't as scary as it as it seems no, if you it, hadn't it, written it down yeah 100 yeah. so it was kind of being yeah. able to i guess in a sense that me writing them down was me turning the light on that you mm. that you speak about there just bringing those fears instead of just kind of always having them that arm's length away bringing them to me and kind of you know i guess as in in the Buddhist way of uh, of saying it is, you know, sitting down and having tea, uh, and asking that that question and uh, and bringing them forward. But before, and they, yeah, they so, say um, you, in order to um, yeah, you need to face your fears and then embrace them, as it sounds like you did there. But um, before we go, I do have one final question for you, Amanda, mm-hmm. and it is one that I ask everyone on the podcast, and that's if you could please describe your perfect day. Ah, what from beginning to end? However, you want to tell me. <laughs> it's it's more about you know what what are those key moments in your day? Ah, okay. Waking up, being able to um, allow myself the time to have space in in my mind and actually do what we've been talking about, align with my greater essence first up to basically roll out the positive energy for the day rather than just jumping straight into things. Um, having the nice space and time in the morning to actually be in the moment with the children, the teenagers that they are now. Um, and just I think a big one for me is being present, having this, the time to allow life to unfold as it naturally wants to. Uh, what else? The satisfaction and fulfilment of imparting this to other people throughout the day. Big one for me, like I think it is for so many people, is that freedom, mm. that flexibility. And at the same time, um, uh, structure, some structures, so that you have freedom within that structure. It's funny you talk about that because I, that's, you know, and sorry to cut you off there, but that that's I, I, I've found that with my own personality where there mm-hmm. there's this element of freedom that I I long for, but there's mm-hmm. also this structure that I love. Mm. Mm. 
And, and I've uh, yeah, go for it. I was just going to say, yeah. kind of, you, you know, you you want it both. And like going back to one of my earlier questions, where I was saying this, this sometimes it always feels like there's a choice. And I was using that example of you know work or or the the family life, and then there's this choice of structure or, or or freedom. And it's kind of like you know what, I just can't you know can't I have the cake and eat it too kind of thing. Mm. And I think yeah, I think absolutely we can. With that, with that structure, I know. Mm. Um, just recently, I found myself saying to people, "Do you know what? I've created so much freedom now. I'm actually wanting to pull in more structure again." Mm. So it's always a matter of, you know, it's always like uh, just a work in progress. You're just navigating as you go along, and you know, people say that. Um, one of the analogies I use, I'm, oh, this won't be long because I know we're ending up the call, but um, a good way of thinking of this is. They say that when a pilot is flying on a long-haul flight from here to overseas, they have this flight path mapped out, but 90% of the time they're actually off path and they get where they're going because they're always just continually correcting back to the path. And that's the way I see of how we, you know, roll this out, roll out this living with ease thing. It's just always course correcting throughout each day. Mm whether it's bringing more freedom or more structure or more this or more that or less, whatever. So, well, and I think, um, and I think too, did I ask you? No, you, no, you did like, and I think too, like on that is because there's, there never is a, a moment where we arrive. Exactly. You know, then, everyone's probably heard me talk about the, you know, we, we chase that imaginary finishing line, but the, that it, it's imaginary. It, it doesn't exist. And that's why we kind of keep wanting to climb that corporate ladder to get those things. Mm. And, you know, and as you said, that living with ease is is about that course correction and kind of bringing bringing things back on a, on a daily basis. There's never a day that you kind of arrive at destination ease yeah, <laughs> or easy exactly. or whatever. Yep. Yeah, but if people do want to reach out um, to you, Amanda, and firstly, thank you so much um, for coming on the chat today and kind of oh, go, going through those steps. And and I know that this is um, this is going to be a podcast that I think that people will either you know go back and listen to again f- just to take that time. I know that that's something that I personally will be doing. But if people do want to reach out to you and and learn a little bit more about you or maybe even find out some more details about um, the map of you, what's the the best way for them to do that? Um, They can go to my website, which is www.happinesshq.com. Done. Nice and simple. I like that. Yeah. Well, I will. I will make sure that there are links to your website and and a lot of the other things that we've spoken about here today um, at the show notes at liveimmediately dot com. But before we go, is there is there anything that we've missed out here, or, or any final words that you want to say before we uh, say our goodbyes? Um, I don't think I've done a lot of talking. <laughs> I- I hope I've given you enough of a word in edgeways, but I would just like to say that I think the work you're doing is just brilliant. And, um, you know, like you said at the beginning, I'm really happy to have linked up with you and right here in the same hometown. So I just like, yeah, thanks. Thanks for the opportunity to connect. Well, thank you, Amanda and happy days. And for everybody listening, thank you so much. And until next time, have fun and live immediately.
That was another episode of the Live Immediately podcast with Mike Campbell. Thanks so much for listening. The original Live Immediately theme music is by the multi-talented Timothy McPhee. You can check out his music at firekites.bandcamp.com. If you enjoyed the show, had some fun, and maybe even learned something, then make sure you subscribe via iTunes. And while you're there, why not leave a rating and a review? You know it's going to make my day. Thanks for stopping by and giving me some of your time today. I'll catch you on the next episode. And until then, have fun and live immediately.